welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, into episode number 35 of the Get Around Podcast. I am your host, Brendan Queeley. Joining me in studio this week, the one and the only, and thank God there's only one of them, Jake Atnip, right here in the studio. Also joining us uh, for the first time in quite a while. He gets a shout-out every single week on this podcast, but here he is in the flesh. Seven and fours, Harrison Beebe, one of the preeminent voices on prep sports in the northern Michigan area. And joining us via telephone... James Cook, sitting on the side of the road near South Haven, rolling down windows because, as he just let us know, it is hot as the Dickens out there. That is the expression. (laughs) He's like, it's hot as the Dickens. Uh, Welcome into this episode of the Get Around Podcast. Got a hell of a show for you, and that's hell of a H-E-L-L-U-V-A that's what kind of show we got for Haluva. you this week. Haluva. Uh, Haluva. We've got a Haluva show for you. And it includes, uh, we're going to be talking some Traverse City, St. Francis baseball, some Frankfurt baseball, some Boyne City girls soccer, uh, Michigan Open coming back to Traverse City, a little golf there, West versus Central round two for girls soccer, and maybe we'll, if we've got some time, we'll try to get to uh, the Beach Bums. We also have the Get Around Hall of Fame. Another athlete will be inducted, enshrined into the most prestigious Hall of Fame in all of athletics around the entire globe. We've got the Hamfecta coming up, which I'm very happy about that. I'm very happy about the Hamfecta. Uh, and this week's category, based on uh, Mother's Day was Sunday, so we are going over our best sports memory with our mother involved. Um, uh, looking forward to some nice original stories instead of talking about TV and movies every week. We'll also, a little bit later on, uh, we'll have an interview with Traverse City Central's uh, Ranger Truco, uh, star player for the TC United lacrosse team. Also, uh, and thanks to uh, Harrison for uh, showing us the wonderful vi- YouTube video of uh, Ranger going around the halls of Traverse City Central asking people if they know who the athletic director of Traverse City Central is. It's quite hilarious. We'll provide a link to that uh, in the description below. We'll also debut this week the Wheelhouse, and that means Jake Atnip taking over a segment because this is his baby. So during that interview with Ranger Truco... <laughs> Congratulations! God, God, I hope not. Please don't procreate, Jake. That's, that's all I... The Wheelhouse. Can't wait to meet him. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, Jake will be taking over that, asking Ranger five rapid-fire questions. Five rapid-fire? You want more than five? We'll keep it to five for now. All right, five rapid-fire questions, throwing it at Ranger, see how he uh, responds to that. But before we get to all of that, and again, I feel like I'm being quite judicious with the time this week, not, not messing around, getting right to it. So before we get to anything else, let us check the heartbeat of the sports world and get into the pulse Last week we saw the departure of Frankfurt basketball head coach Reggie Manville, the third such coaching change in the Northwest Conference, uh, now with uh, Blair Moss, who stepped down from Buckley, and also Matt Olson, uh, who was announced last week as well, uh, will be leaving Benzie Central after seven seasons. The turnover here I think is pretty surprising, consider- especially considering, well, maybe not so much Blair Moss. I think a lot of us kind of saw that 
Blair Moss was going to be headed out the door once that group of seniors, those five players, and I know uh, Ridge Beeman is not a senior, but those four seniors uh, and, and the uh, junior in Ridge Beeman, uh, once that group was gone, that it was likely that he was probably going to step away from the program. But Re Reggie Manville leaving is pretty surprising, especially considering the way that it happened. Uh, finished up his career seven seasons at Frankfurt, 127-41, and 41, three Northwest Conference titles, including this past year, five district championships, three regional championships, and uh, took the Panthers to the Final Four in 2014. Uh, he was not too pleased uh, about being uh, let go from from Frankfurt, uh, Reggie is not a a man to to beat around the bush or, or or mince words. He will come right at you and tell you what he's thinking. Yes, he will. And uh, you know, really, he wasn't too happy about this choice. And, and what's even more surprising is it sounds like the athletic director Dave Jackson wasn't really even involved in uh, the decision making process here. This is all I don't know the board member. Uh, or the superintendent, excuse me, uh, and along with uh, Principal Matt Stapleton, who kind of, it sounds like, made this decision going forward. And we reached out, I know I reached out to uh, the football coach, Matt Stapleton. A lot of people might know him as more than just the principal. Uh, I reached out to him for comment on the issue last at the end of last week. He had said, hey, I can't say anything about it right now, but when I can, I'll let you know. So um, obviously something's going on between those two parties and uh, they're kind of handling it from there but definitely from a public standpoint it, it's catching a lot of people off guard because the guy's had a lot of success with that program in the seven years he's been there. James does this move make any sense to you? Um, in, you know if you kind of read between the lines on some of this stuff I, I think it maybe does a little bit I think uh, you know the Benzie opening I think may have kind of forced Frankfurt's hands a little bit I think that I think maybe they got a little nervous. I mean, they got Dan Loney as an assistant to Reggie Manville, and he's a Benzie Central grad. So I think maybe they got a little nervous that you know he's kind of the the coach in waiting for whenever whenever it was that Reggie decided to call it quits. And uh, I think maybe when the Benzie job opened up, they thought, well, maybe Dan would consider that and leave, and then we'll be out in the lurch when Reggie steps down. And you know, Reggie's uh, you know he's up there, so that's not going to be probably that long. Even on his own, even if it has on his own terms. So I think maybe just reading between the lines, I think that they just kind of saw the writing on the wall and maybe outthought themselves a little bit. You know, maybe got a little gun shy and just said, oh, "Okay, we need to do this. We need to pull the trigger." And uh, you know, we need to get the varsity job open so that we can offer it to Dan so he doesn't leave. Uh, Brett uh, Brett Summers took care of the story last week. Uh, he talked to Reggie on the phone and did his best to call around and, and get more comments uh, and wasn't getting much from uh, Stapleton, Towsley, uh, and Jackson. Um, but he did get honest talk from uh, from Reggie Manville. Well, I think to, to, to touch on one other point, I think maybe the reason why Dave Jackson wasn't involved in this or maybe didn't want to be involved in this is because he's the junior varsity basketball coach. So I think maybe he might not have wanted to to be involved in this because of that connection as well, you know, thinking that maybe people would think that he's getting rid of Reggie so that he could go after the job or here one of the reasons that we got that James uh you, myself, and Brett all thought was um a little dicey or didn't really hold all that much water was that uh Reggie wasn't taking care of the sixth grade boys basketball program. Are we allowed to just out and out call bullshit on that? Yeah, I mean that sounds like somebody's just kind of coming up with a reason 
that they can put on some termination papers. I mean, and then, like I said, again, that, that kind of maybe go back to that. It was, this was an easier reaction that they, that they were just suddenly decided, Hey, we need to do this because we don't want to risk losing Dan Loney to Ben, to Benzie. you know, not only, not only losing our future varsity basketball coach, but, um, losing him to a rival as well. But Loney didn't know anything about this, or at least according to uh, to what Manville said. Not that Loney wasn't privy to the information that or when Reggie talked to him, that he was just as surprised as Reggie was about what was happening. Now again, who knows what the actual communication was between all of these parties. Yeah, and that's true. And, and, and I guess whether or not Dan knew about what was going to go on with the head coaching job at Frankfurt, Frankfurt still might have thought that that maybe Loney was going to consider the Benzie job, considering that he's a he's a grad from there. Although it is interesting, I mean, his three younger brothers all went to Frankfurt and played for Frankfurt basketball. Well, we do have to point out the fact that, uh, kind of like Buckley, this is a Frankfurt team that's now losing a lot of guys, so that program is going to be, in a sense, rebuilding just like a Buckley, maybe Frankfurt, you can say, has been a little more consistent year in and year out with the amount of kids graduating, but they're definitely going to look a lot different than they did this past year, so maybe um, from the higher-up standpoint, that's what they thought this was now the best time to kind of move on to a new new era of Frankfurt basketball with a new head coach. I was a little surprised when when Brett said, you know, that, that Reggie was offered to resign and, you know, have like the, the you know, the big kind of going away and, you know, them celebrating him during next season and everything like that. And I thought, I was like, well, that seems like kind of a pretty fair offer because, you know, they are going to have probably have a, a pretty big step back next season with losing all that talent and everything like that. So it seems like kind of a natural point to do this. Yeah, but Reggie doesn't want to leave. Um, he doesn't want the pop and pop and circumstance. He doesn't want the celebration. He just wants to keep coaching uh, and I I do find it interesting that you're getting pretty much uh, some radio silence uh, from the other side of this story while Reggie is more than willing to talk. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure exactly why that is. Um, you know, when Brett got a hold of of Matt Stapleton, you know, I think he earlier in the day Matt wasn't quite sure. Uh, Brett had texted him, and uh, Matt wasn't quite sure what he was trying to get a hold of him for, and said, you know, hey, I'll I'll call you as soon as this thing that I'm at. In some school function, you know, it, this is done. And then when that was done, you know, Matt said that his phone had been blowing up and basically that he had been told by the superintendent not to say anything. It's so kind of what it, what, it, what it came across as. As we talked about, we had the two other openings as well, Blair Moss and Buckley, he, five seasons there. We've talked about this before, 78 and 44, two trips to the, uh, to the Breslin. Uh, he did coach at Benzie Central for seven seasons, so now that coaching job is also available. But Blair is more than likely the kind of guy that wants to go into a, a program that's either on the rise or, or at least somewhat established already. Um, Benzie, they finished this last year 5-16. and 16. Uh, Matt Olson finished just a couple of games over 500 at 76-73. Had a uh, Northwest Conference title in his first year, going 13-1 and one in the NWC. Uh, the runner-up in 2012-2014, and then had a district title in uh, 2015 and 16. Uh, how quickly can we expect these vacancies to be filled? Yeah, well, I wouldn't expect Moss to go back to Benzie because he kind of didn't leave on the best terms there. Kind of tried to lead. When when Benzie went to pay-to-play, Blair was one of the outspoken people against that and kind of tried to lead some other coaches to leave along with him. And then when nobody else did, he said, well, fine, I'm still going to leave, and he stepped down. Um, just because he didn't believe that 
making athletes pay to play high school sports was right. Um, so I don't see that. I don't see him going back to Benzie or being somebody there. But, uh, you know, the Benzie's not, Benzie isn't a bad job. I mean, uh, you know, Matt Olson has been able to keep them a pretty competitive here over the last seven years in a, in a very competitive conference. Uh, you know, so, so it's not a bad job. They, you know, they always have some pretty decent athletes there and can be a team that can be in the, in the mix from year to year. It will be interesting to see how those coaching vacancies play out uh, and see when those uh, get filled. But moving on right now, let's go ahead and get into the Bolton board, go over some of the bigger stories from last week and uh, also coming up this week as well. Traverse City St. Francis Baseball now sitting at 17-1 and after a doubleheader sweep of East Grand Rapids, winning 9-3 and 5-2 on Saturday. They also beat Traverse City West 6-3 on Friday. They've got a pretty stacked roster with Colin Andres, the Peterson brothers, Cooper and Casey, Joey Muzlakovic, Keaton Peck, uh, Danny Passano, Nathan Schmuckle, so on and so forth. Is this the type of team that really is building on last year's run to the Final Four? Yeah, I think they really are. They've got, I think, everybody about three starters back from last season. I mean, you know, they lose some pretty decent players. But uh, but that playoff experience of getting to the championship last year, doing it the way they did, uh, playing a lot of great defense, pitching and small ball, um, and, and then just the, the team that they've had this year and playing the upgraded schedule that they've had, uh, a lot of you know class C team playing a lot of class B and class A teams. Um, you know East Grand Rapids and TC West; those are both class A, class A schools. You know, getting those those kind of wins um, has really got to help their preparedness and uh, confidence going into the playoffs. Yeah, and that's a TC West team that uh, is almost playing as well as they were two years ago when they made the Final Four. So that's another phenomenal win just to get right in their own backyard here um, last Friday when they won 6-3 to three on their field. And, of course, at that field, there's that uh, flag waving in the uh, far part of center field, 174. And for those of you who don't know, 174 was their motto last year, and it was kind of the symbol for them to... Uh, create the distance that the number represents the actual amount of miles in between Traverse City and East Lansing and right around the baseball field area uh, so that was kind of their unofficial model that nobody really knew about last year and then they kind of let that out once they clinched the spot last year and so once again they're, they're leaning on that same uh, branding point against uh, again this year so we'll see if that uh, comes to fruition or didn't a back-to-back keep, trip didn't they keep it under wraps a little bit weren't they kind of maybe it was more a case telling people it might have been more the case they just kind of had it and people were like well there must be an insider joke or something but then you insider know, as trading we, as we get closer as we got closer and closer to to that site I think they finally t- I think uh, Passano coach Passano just told me after their quarterfinal win like yeah that, I didn't even have to ask him he's like yeah that 174 that's that's a di-. I'm like oh okay Good one. A team hoping to make that trip as well is Frankfurt. And over the weekend, they set a MHSAA record of consecutive shutout innings at 45. You're looking at a team that is really proving why they were uh, worthy of that number one preseason ranking. Yeah, this team has definitely impressed everybody over the last couple weeks. Uh, they're 15 and two now. Uh, just as over the past weekend, when they set this record, they were actually tied for the MHSAA longest ga- shutout game streak as well. Um, they just couldn't quite get over that hump uh, to get to that next game to set both of those records, but they did go to 45 innings. Um, it was busted up by an unearned run, actually. Um, gave up three walks and an error, and all, all, all in a row, and it ended up kind of spoiling their perfection there for a little while. But 
the type of team that this is is as soon as they let up that run, the next inning they came back and ripped off seven runs and put Onakama in the dust. And that's what they've been doing all season is over not even over the last just 45 innings or so, they've been winning by plenty of runs and putting teams out in four or five, six innings because of, of these mercy rules. And I think that Frankfurt has done a great job, um, obviously, on defense, not even just on offense, but to shut down teams and only allow one or two runs and let their pitchers have all of the, the um, offensive help that they need. Switching now over to girls soccer, probably the biggest surprise team in northern Michigan is Boyne City. The girls are sitting undefeated right now and have taken down uh, uh, several good teams in uh, the likes of Elk Rapids and Charlevoix and North Bay. Uh, they just seem to cons- uh, keep rolling and really building on a, uh, a lot of momentum going forward with a, a young and talented team. Their exact record is uh, 9-0-1. In fact, uh, a one-tie with Elk Rapids on Friday as part of that big LMC jamboree they have where they had like five or six teams playing a, a ton of 60-minute games over there at Elk Rapids. But that basically was their week in a nutshell. They, I was at the game on Monday where they put up a 2 nothing win on powerhouse Elk Rapids on their field to stay undefeated, and then they force a tie with them later in the week. So to go 1-0-1 with an Elk Rapids program that year in and year out makes deep runs in the playoffs and is always either winning the LMC or at the top of it, uh, that shows a lot about where Boyne City is at this point in their soccer development. And, yeah, they are a young roster, so for a couple years now, there's definitely going to be a a team that dictates what's going to happen along the way. Yeah, and I think I believe this is the first season uh, that Boyne City has beaten Elk Rapids T.C. St. Francis and Charlevoix in the same year in soccer. Outside of the prep sports world a little bit, the Michigan Open is coming back to Traverse City for the first time in more than a decade. Uh, James, you were all over this story. What can you tell us about this uh, about this event? Um, yeah, you know, yeah, 10 years ago was the last time it was here. Um, they, you know, After they lost uh, some sponsors, the, the tournament moved downstate to the, the Detroit area and kind of went to a, a few different courses around there for the last 10 years. Um, but then, uh, you know, they made the decision to move it back up here. Um, you know, I mean, I think it was, you know, go, you go back 10 years and before that there was a streak of, I think it was 28 straight years where it was held in Traverse city. I think 25 of those were at the bear. Um, so, I mean, it was just one of those things when, uh, you know, when I was a younger sports writer, I just thought it was something that was always going to be in Traverse city. And then, uh, when it, when it left 10 years ago, I was like, I, I thought this was just always here. You know, so, and, and it's a big thing to have back for the for the golfing community. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of guys from around here that play in that tournament. Um, even when it was downstate, um, and, and being up here, you know, guys like uh, you know Alex Scott from TC West and you know Scott Hebert, uh, Lee Hudeman, a bunch of other club players from around here and, and amateurs. Um, you'll see a lot of a lot of local people playing in this tournament. And it's great the fact that uh, we're back in this cycle now where the men's and women's Michigan Opens are in northern Michigan because the women's Open has been at Crystal Mountain for more than a decade now. And bringing back the men's Open, it creates a little more of an exciting month of June here in northern Michigan than we might normally have otherwise not had. Now this is just for our Tuesday listeners, uh, Tuesday morning into afternoon listeners, this little bit the right best here. Listeners. But yes, of course, our first listeners are the best listeners. That's not true. All of our listeners, all of our Audible viewers are the best. But uh, coming up on today, Tuesday, when you're listening to this, uh, we do have the rematch between Traverse City West and Traverse City Central Girls Soccer. 
at you were at that game the first time around and, and got to see those team two teams go head to head. What should we expect this time around? Are we looking at another West win? Uh, I I do think uh, West is going to come out with it. Um, I was at the the Coast Guard Cup this weekend watching Central play a couple teams from out of the area with Birmingham Seaholm, uh, Dewitt down from the Lansing area, and uh, Saginaw Heritage, and they they really looked okay, but. I, I've seen West play two times this year now, and I definitely think that West is going to be able to come out on top. When they played the first time, West jumped out to an early lead, and Central was playing catch-up the whole time. And I kind of see that's what's going to happen again. Um, each time I've seen West play, they've scored within the first like five minutes, and I think that's one of the things that they do like to get out to a hot start. And with Central, they ended up scoring against uh, Birmingham Seaholm twice in the last minute and a half of each half so it, it took them quite a bit of time to get on their feet and I think that's going to be the downfall of TC Central um, in this rematch against West. You don't want to sleep on TC Central though because they did get a nice win at home over Cadillac last week and Cadillac's kind of been one of those uh, teams to watch in the conference so that shows Central even with maybe not the start they might have wanted is not in any way throwing it away and nothing helps turn a season around like kind of that upset win over your rival that they could get uh, Tuesday. Yeah, especially because TC West is undefeated in the Big North, so mm-hmm. I, that that's already enough motivation for almost any high school athlete to say, "Hey, you know, rival, they're 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 trying to take the conference from everybody." It's probably going to be a pretty good game. And it's interesting that I think these home and home sites were switched. They were originally yeah. supposed to be at West, but because of the late winter and all the damage that was done to the West Athletic Complex, this game was then supposed to be at Coast Guard, mm-hmm. but they switched. So the last one was at Coast Guard. Yep. This one's now at West. All right, well, we saved the best for last, and, of course, this weekend we had the Traverse City Beach Bums open up their season against a normal... (coughs) Oh, and that sound right there, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, that means we are out of time for the bulletin board this week. Maybe we'll try and get to the Beach Bums next week. Fortunately, no time for them this week. They are 2-1, though, correct? Yeah, they won their first opening series since We have no time for this. I'm sorry, guys. We have no time to talk any about the Beach Bums at all. We need to move right now into our interview with Traverse City Central lacrosse player Ranger Truco. A pleasure to have in the studio. So why don't we go ahead and take a listen to that right now. It is our pleasure now to welcome in Traverse City Central's Ranger Truco, star lacrosse player for the Traverse City United. We tried this introduction like two minutes ago, <laughs> and he flinched when I said star, but I'm going to say it again to see if I can get a little flinch one more time. Ranger, uh, thanks for being in the studio with myself and with uh, Jake Atnip. Yes, thank you very much for having me. So first things first, what we've got, uh, uh, we had Harrison Beebe. I'm sure you know who Harrison oh, yeah. Beebe oh, is. Yeah. Everybody knows who Harrison oh, Beebe yeah. is. A, he's a star at uh, a star alumni from Traverse City Central. I'm sure his picture is plastered all over the walls. You can't of, miss him. He's everywhere in Central. Yes, yes, yeah. he is. Um, but he showed us a video of uh, you going around Traverse City Central asking people if they know the name of the athletic director. Now, the athletic director, Mark Matson was actually the first guest on the Get Around podcast, so we know who he is. Mm-hmm. But going through and, and filming that, could you kind of just give me the background story about how that all came about? Right, right. Yeah, for sure. So um, that story was a package I had to turn in for a midterm um, exam grade, actually. We needed to submit a package. 
and originally my package was going to be on Martin Luther King Jr. Day and, you know, the significance of it and what people knew about it. And so while I was interviewing this girl for that story, she was nailing everything. So she she knew his wife, she knew all this stuff about him. And then I, for some reason, had this idea to ask her if she knew who our athletic director was in the middle of that conversation, and she had no idea. So I was like, do people not know Mark Matson? And then I put that together and... To my surprise, had like three people out of the 13 that I interviewed who actually knew who he was. And This is our athletic director, Mark Matson. But you already know that, right? Uh, who's our athletic director? Matson or something. What's his first name? Jared Jacob. Yes, good job. Nice job. Well, who's our athletic director? Uh, Mr. Matson. What's his first name? James. Yep, good job. James? <laughs> Joe Barr, who's our athletic director? Uh, the ginger guy, right? He's bald, kind of. Yeah, he's bald. Matson. Yes! Matson! What's his first name? Chromedome. Michael. Yeah. Uh, I'm Ranger, and this is... Caroline Kamerska. And who's our athletic director? Mr. Matson. What's his first name? Uh, Matt. <laughs> Good job. That's so wrong. <laughs> and Jack Capper, who's our athletic director? Mr. Matson. What's his first name? I don't know. Give me a guess. Dave? Yes, Dave Matson. Nice job. Is it true? It's Mark. Who's our athletic director? Uh, Matson, Mr. Matson. You know his first name? Mark. Yes, nice job. That's it. Ready. <laughs> who's our athletic director? Mr. Matson. What's his first name? Mark. Yes, 100% correct. For you. Ava, who's our athletic director? What's his name? <laughs> Todd. Todd what? Bieber. Todd Bieber. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I can do that. Not a problem. All right, listen, I got to go. I've got a student athlete who doesn't even know who my name is, Ava Battle, so I got to talk about her real quick. Thanks. Yep. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. Ava Battle, freshman, member of our girls' golf team, and the daughter of Miss Battle, the Miss Battle, and you don't even know who the athletic director is. Unbelievable, you guys. Um, can you tell uh, me He was great, too. I had him act in it. And he just was act. great. So he was awesome. He was a big help for that. Um, so that's how that came together. And then people ended up really liking it, which was cool. But yeah, did, it's pretty funny. Did, did you ask Ava why Todd Bieber? That was the name that she gave. Did you mm, kind of get an explanation right. like, Todd Bieber? No, Where the hell did that come no, from? No, I mean... Todd Bieber, yeah, at least the other kids did other staff members. I don't know where that came from. A lot of them knew Mr. Matson, but they didn't know his first yes, name. One yes, of them thought it was yes. James Brumfield. Another Burger. one was, yeah, Berger. Huh? <laughs> yeah, Ben Berger. Um, that was pretty great. A lot of kids uh, were really annoyed when I was asking them about it, so I just kind of tried to move past it. But but you were very yeah. encouraging. Even if they got it wrong, yeah. you still gave them a, a high five and I, said no, good I job. I told them they got it right sometimes when they got it wrong. <laughs> yeah. I don't want them to, like... I just want to feel accomplished, but no, it was pretty great. It was a good time. You're doing another video uh, this week, right? Putting another package together where you said uh, we were talking before the show that you went and talked to Noah Kendra, and then you're talking to Margot Wolfter tomorrow. Right. I can't reveal too much about it because it is for... Keep it on lockdown. It is our final episode of Front Central, so it is the senior show, so I can't reveal too much, but yeah, we have a lot of... uh, um, 
surprise guests for the newest episode that that we'll see at the final assembly. So, so anyone other than Margot and Noah that you can reveal, or are you, or have I already re- revealed too much? That's, I, that's I all we'll give them for 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 right now. All right, I I'm sorry. It's for okay. It. No, it's all right. That's a good little intro. To he knows. He knows they need a tease. They need a little. <laughs> yeah, tease. exactly. No, that's good. That's fine. <laughs> Oh, so what has this season been like? This is the first year for TC United, uh, this this co-op between West and Central. Uh, what has it been like? Because you're coming up on uh, what Friday you've got Hudsonville mm-hmm. to start regionals. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this season has been literally so good. I mean, I can't even think of a better way it could have gone. I don't know. We were just in Petoskey for the final time we were going to play them. And on the way back, I mean, we were all laughing in the vans we took down there. And I just heard a kid in the back say, I love this team. And, like, that's what we've really gotten out of this season. Like, we coming in, I mean, and I've said this before, there was, like, no hostility towards either school. Everyone just kind of accepted it right away and bought in. And it's been awesome. Everyone has everyone's back. You see Central kids and West kids hanging out, like, it's great. It's been a dream right now, and so we're looking to keep it going on Friday. How do you feel about making history, about being the first team? Does that is it a point of pride for you, knowing that you are you're one of the members of the inaugural TC United team? That is really cool, especially being a senior on it. Um, and you know what? The best part is that we've been able to put together a good record for our first year too. So, so something that people can you know look up to and and be honored to be a part of the organization. So I think that this first year was not only super special for me as a senior, but also crucial for getting a kickstart on what TC United is all about. So I think both of those things have factored in huge to TC United. Were you excited to have the success success that you've had so far? Yeah, I mean, we have had, like, I'm super excited about it. And honestly, right now we're playing our best lacrosse. Uh, we just played Grand Rapids Christian on Saturday, and that was, I think, by far the best game we've played all year. But um, we had a couple, like, we lost to St. Francis, everyone knows, and we had a couple moments where we kind of had to look in the mirror, like, we're two schools combined, but that doesn't mean we can't just, we can just roll everyone in this up north conference. So it's definitely been a huge year of building, too, but, yeah. Possibility is... is breeding a, a strong lacrosse program and really getting interest through it in the Traverse City area to one point where it, they may be able to split the programs back to West and Central. Mm-hmm. Do you see that happening at some point? Do you see the interest building enough to where West could have their own team and Central can have their own team and then you have that rivalry built again now this time on the, on the uh, lacrosse field? Yeah, uh, that's something that I've well originally that's what we thought it was going to be. You know, we heard news of the co-op after we heard news of being varsity. So, I don't know how many years it'll be down the road that we split back up and have two varsity teams, but I don't really think anyone's concerned about that right now. I think that people love this united team. I think people uh 8th graders are looking forward to playing high school with kids from Central. So, right now, I haven't really thought much about that and you know, I'll be gone and an alumni but it'll be interesting to see you know what kind of talent is coming from west and what kind of talent is coming from central in the future for varsity programs for sure now talking about that younger generation um obviously when you were younger you know you started playing lacrosse it wasn't the most popular sport there wasn't even any schools that had it as a varsity sport around here so well i guess what made you go with the lacrosse route and what does it feel like being like a pioneer in northern michigan you know kind of 
rallying the troops and getting everybody to play the great sport that lacrosse is? Well, honestly, right now we have, I think uh, t- uh, Tony Quinn is coaching the Heat, which is like the youth organization. And, you know, we never had that. So, like, being a part of the YMCA was definitely not the most motivating thing to playing lacrosse in high school. It was kind of, I mean, one year they wouldn't support us. So it was definitely a struggle, like, growing up playing lacrosse here. And it was hard to recruit kids. And a lot of football kids came in because they wanted to hit people, you know. That's just how it was. But with, like, the HEAT program we have now, it's recruiting so many more kids. And eventually, I think, we'll get such a big buy-in from youth players who look up to TC United and look up to the SF Varsity program and want to be like that, we can start competing a lot more with those downstate programs that have had travel teams for so long. So it's huge for the sport right now, like having those those starter programs. Of course. The United is a very appropriate, it's a perfect name for West and Central coming together, uniting as one to be this, you know, the, this uh, lacrosse program. I, when I had... You know, Mr. Madsen on here uh, uh, months ago when the news broke about having a co-op lacrosse team, we had asked about what the possible names were going to be, and he threw out United as one of them. And I had thrown out that I was I was hoping they would go for Groundhogs. I thought Traverse City Groundhogs would be great. Uh, did the athletes have any input in what the name was going to be? I know you had you said you had an interesting one that you were kind of thinking right, of. Right, right. Uh, I to this day still want to be the Crows. Um, I don't know why. The crow is just a mascot that I have not seen in sports yet. Uh, no, I think Traverse City United was kind of put on us by the coaches. It wasn't really up for discussion. One thing that I contributed to the team was when we were discussing how we were going to look, or the team decided to go with gray and white, those neutral colors, because it's a new start. Both schools kind of getting rid of everything, getting rid of the past and starting as a varsity sport. So that's why we're gray and white, um, to really represent neutrality. The one thing that I contributed personally was uh, that TC that's on the helmet that came right off of Thurlby. Mm-hmm. I just said we should just do that because... That's the old school it's logo. It's the old school logo. I, it's really cool. I like it, and um, it is kind of like just basically neutral it's tc it's all of traverse city it's who we are and now that we're together you know you can't really go too far with it so traverse city united was the call and then kind of no mascot but hopefully the crow will come later <laughs> you can still be the the tc united and then the crow can just be the mascot i that's what i want but no one else was going for it when i mentioned you that. just you know what you have to do you just have to go to a costume shop find a, a crow. big crow costume and yeah. then just have someone that it would be willing to wear it uh, and go down to Hudsonville on exactly. Friday would, and go just flap their wings around the uh, the sideline. Yeah, I think that would be great. We I think the, we had the buy into the team. Now we need the buy into the crow. That's huge. That's the next step for the program. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. It's not but it would be great if it was. You get to play at Thurlby. What is? Oh, we practice at Thurlby. Practice yeah. at Thurlby. Um, what is? Uh, what's that like? That is like a dream come true. I mean. I've practiced, I was just talking to uh, Coach Liberty the other day. We used to practice at Bowers Harbor Park on the peninsula. We used to practice in the outfield of a baseball field in Williamsburg. Um, The old YMCA, the new YMCA, Carlisle Field, uh, Civic Center. We've been everywhere, and we've always just dreamt of not only playing on Thurlby, but practicing on Thurlby. And the fact that we get to do that every day is awesome. Like, I can't get over that still. 
that's the cool. That's one of the coolest parts. And that has to that has to make you think about you know even back in the day with the whole old TC logo and everything. It just kind of takes you back where right. everybody belongs, right? At exactly. Thurlby. And Thurlby sits empty. It has sat empty for so long, like during these off seasons. And to use Thurlby, and honestly, to get a crowd out there on Tuesdays and Thursday nights, that's what that's what it's so good for the city. I feel like people are starting to really get into lacrosse, and Thurlby helps it out quite a bit. Yeah. Do you think having Two legit teams here in Traverse City is really going to be uh, a big selling point for lacrosse in the future if the TC United team can continue. I mean, I know it's it's varsity sanctioned for two years, mm-hmm. and then it, I think they see where they're going to go after that. But based on the success that, that the program has had so far, do you see lacrosse really building an audience in Traverse City? Absolutely. Yeah, I really do. And one of the biggest things about that was the turnout we had when we played St. Francis. Under the lights at Thurlby. I mean, the home stands were packed. Um, can't say the same for the away stands, but we'll get there. <laughs> but, yeah, we that is going to be huge for us. And after two years when they reconvene and everything, I don't know what's going to happen, but like we said earlier, you could have three teams now. And then you kind of you could compare that to down in Grand Rapids. They have, like, Forest Hill Central, Eastern, and Northern. And all three of those schools now have a huge following for their lacrosse programs and do have great seasons consistently and I think that's what we want to strive for up here too we want to be on that level so I think it definitely is building and will continue to so with West and Central together you don't have that rivalry what is what who's the United's rival right now or are you still young enough to where there's no rivalry no, yet St. Francis is, is definitely the rival now I mean we didn't want them to be the rival because we wanted to just kill them in the game we played them in but since we lost that game, I think that'll sit with some of the underclassmen for a while. So that kind of instantly became the rival after that night, after that 7-6 loss. Um, but, yeah, that's what I, yeah. I would say. <laughs> what is your mindset going into Friday against Hudsonville? Where are you kind of thinking that, I mean, this is it. This is, that's do or die right there, and then you get a chance to play either Rockford or, uh, or Kalamazoo. Mm-hmm. Um the mindset for me personally going in, I'm not nervous about them. I'm not, I haven't concerned myself with their players. I know a few of them from like travel teams. I think it's 100% on us. I think we can definitely beat that team if we play how we can play. If we play to our full potential and we play smart and relax lacrosse like we did on Saturday, it, sh- it shouldn't be a problem. We should just ball out. But if we start to doubt ourselves, start forcing stuff, um, that's when those other teams we play start to have more of an impact on the score. So, like, a few weeks ago, we went down to Midland and lost that game in overtime. But we really rallied. In the first half, we were down, I think, by five. We started playing our game again, came back with seconds left, I remember. And I think that was a huge turning point where we just realized that win-loss kind of depends on how we play together. So... The expectations you had coming into this season, have they matched with what has actually transpired during the season? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, granted, we'd like to have that OT win against Midland. We'd like to have a win against Salem, SF. Uh, Cranbrook was a tough loss. They were a really good team. But, no, I'm really happy with how the season's going right now. I think we're 12-4-1, so that's a really good start to the program, for sure. Did you expect that? Uh, Were you thinking, like, we're, <laughs> at times, we're a contender. At times, yes. At times, no. Um, What's like, been the biggest challenge? The biggest challenge is playing consistent lacrosse. 
we've had moments. We've had some tournaments. Uh, we tied a team, Saginaw Heritage, we could have easily beat. We've had moments where we doubted ourselves and didn't play our game. So, you know, in every, in every player's mind, uh, you have your doubts and how good are we really. But then we have another good game. We come back together, and that's how we should be playing. So it's it's been... It's been uh, fairly consistent lately, but definitely had some struggles earlier um, kind of gelling as a team, as a West and Central combined team, but I think that now we're rolling. So. Now, are you going to college? Yes. Are um, you playing lacrosse in college? Or are you I not will sure yet? be playing, hopefully, for uh, the club at Oregon. Um, okay, their awesome. Division one MCLA. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. So you're going to be a mighty, mighty duck. Yes, I'm going to walk onto that club and, or whatever you do. I don't even know, but I'll figure it out. Yeah, so. <laughs> you just want to go play. Yeah, I just want to show up with my stick and ask if I can play pretty much. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll be fun. What, uh, what, what attracted to you to the sport? What were you like, yeah, lacrosse is oh. something? Because it's not the, it doesn't fall under the category of it's the not the It's sports. not the showgirl of sports. Yeah. Right. It's, right. It's not what everybody sees and talks about. Um, my brother actually... He was a, many might know Joe Truco. Uh, he used to play football for St. Francis, and he started playing lacrosse when he was in fourth grade, and there were all these hockey kids. So Joe was the only one, I think, on the team with a lacrosse helmet. Everyone else had these hockey helmets, and they just hit everyone. I mean, I don't know what it was, but they were all these big hockey guys, and they would destroy every team. And this is fourth grade YMCA League, and I watched that happen. I watched them dominate you know, the fourth grade league, and I was like, I want to do that. I have to do that. And so I went out when I was in fourth grade, and uh, I ended up playing the fifth and sixth league in fourth grade, I think because I was just bigger than a lot of people. But ever since then, like, I loved it because people, I picked it up pretty fast. I never played hockey. I always wanted to, and that was kind of like hockey. And so that's what really got me into it, and I just stayed with it. And um, it was it was my main sport. I wasn't really playing a lot of sports, you know. So I think I really uh, shifted my focus completely towards that. Is it the physicality of it? Is that what you like? It was at first, and I think it kind of is. It kind of is for a lot of kids growing up, like in the middle school ages, they just want to hit people. But once I got to actually, when I was in seventh grade, I played goalie because no one on our team would play goalie, and so I asked the coach if I could. And that's when it kind of shifted from a physical game to a, a mental game. And ever since then, I'm, I haven't really hit anyone. So I'm just kind of, like, looking to score and stuff. But at first, I think it was the physicality of it. But not Before we get into Jake's uh, wheelhouse rapid-fire questions, I got one question. The the uh, pendant around your your neck, the necklace that you're wearing, Yes. Uh, does that have a certain significance to you? Because I... I've got one that I wear around my neck all the time that uh, means something uh, near and dear to me. This is a St. Joseph's pendant, which is the church on the uh, peninsula that I belong to. It, I'm like, it doesn't really have that much significance to me. It's my dad's, and I kind of just started wearing it. But I guess it kind of is a testament to not only St. Joe's and not only the church, but also my dad, too, because... He kind of wasn't wearing it as much, so I kind of took it from him. But, yeah, that's all it is, really. Cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> all right, we ready for the wheelhouse? I don't know. Are you ready? I think so. We're going to have a little bit of fun with this. Yeah. So just this is our first time doing the wheelhouse. I'll just tell our Audible viewers exactly what's going to go on here. Thanks for um, picking up on the Audible viewers, by of the course, way. That's of what we course. call our listeners. Audible, Audible viewers. viewers. Yeah, what's yeah. up, Audible viewers? Yeah. <laughs> Follow me on Instagram. No, I'm just kidding. Now you can plug yourself. Make sure you follow Ranger after this. Uh, there'll be plenty of 
I'm sure extremely funny videos coming out or something oh, in the yeah. broadcast Front world. Central on YouTube. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, there'll be plenty. Up. We've all made our mistakes in high school. Um, but either way, um, this wheelhouse is, I'm going to give you five rapid fire questions. Mm -hmm. um, completely off the wall. There might not be any specific topic you might find here, but give me your first knee jerk answer. And uh, if you do feel like explaining it all, you just tell me why, all right? Okay, sounds good. So we're going to start here. So for question number one, we'll make it easy. What's your favorite slang word or phrase used in lacrosse? Oh my gosh, in lacrosse, uh, shoot it. I I don't know. I don't. I, I don't even. <laughs> you know, like top cheese, top bar cheese. down. Um, and you have somebody loop to loop. That's a wicked no. googly. You know what? Uh, that's cricket, I think. There were a ton of sayings when I was playing downstate. They had a ton of weird, weird sayings. Um, and I don't even want to repeat them because I think they might have been <laughs> offensive too. But is there I, anything that, that TC United says that you guys play with? Oh, what do we say? Oh, you know what? We used to, or we still do, when we're running our warm up lap, everyone goes, yee yee! I don't know why. I think it's because, like, some, like, redneck like, reference something. thing. I don't know, but everyone does it. And all of a sudden, like, the fans started doing it. So that was really big. Yee yee? Yee yee. Like, if you come to a game. Everyone will be yelling it while we run a warm-up lap. <laughs> okay, so, okay, okay. That, that works out. That it. works yeah. out. All right, so um, uh, who, what is your guilty pleasure that's a, like a, a movie? One that you don't want people yeah, to know. Yeah, you don't want people really to know that, that you I really like. like yeah. Uh, like, I love Clueless. I can't. I'm a little bit older. You may not even know that Clueless is a oh, movie. Oh, can I be a show? Yeah, sure, yeah, go, go for it. it. I watch the cartoon version of Star Wars, like, all the time. The Clone Wars? The Clone Wars. I feel like maybe people wouldn't get that because I'm 18 and I shouldn't be watching that, but it is connecting so many dots between episode one and two of Star Wars that I am so thankful for it. And you know what? I don't care. You can hate on me for it, but it is a great series, and you should watch it. Everybody in this office are big Star Wars fans. Oh, perfect. So Isn't you're, it you're in the right company. It's really good. Yes, you're it in the right company. It literally puts everything together. I had so many questions, but you know what? That, <laughs> no, no, so I guess I would agree. say that. I don't really tell people I watch it. Okay. You know, you're not going to go up to a girl exactly. and be like... What's, What's up? up? Watch the Clone Wars. Watch Star Wars The Clone Wars? <laughs> yeah, so. Nah, but. All right, okay, number three. Uh, who inspires you the most? Uh, parents. And I feel like a lot of. Lame, that's a lame. No, 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 no. It's, <laughs> it was just Mother's Day. Give <laughs> no, him a break. My, my brother and my um, mom and dad, and a lot of like athletes, I feel like, will say their dad, but my mom has done so much over the, you know, driving me down to Grand Rapids to play, stuff like that. My brother was a huge inspiration because he was a really good football player at St. Francis. Um, I have a friend, Norman LaFleur, who is a trainer here in town, and he has been a huge inspiration in getting me in shape for stuff and driving me to be the best that I can be. So I would say my family and Norman are the biggest inspirations I've had. Alrighty. Um, your favorite childhood toy? I have a stuffed tiger named Stripes that is missing one eye. I don't sleep with it in my bed, but I have it You still on, have them. I, still, I have it on my dresser. Like, it is, it's crusty, because, like, all of the dogs that I've ever had have, at one point, grabbed Tanked it and it. chewed on it for a little bit. So it's, like, got crusty dog dried drool on it, missing one eye, mm -hmm. but it's still so near and dear to my heart. I had a Rottweiler stuffed animal named Gromit. I don't know why I named it Gromit. Um... And I think that stayed with me the longest from my childhood. I used to live in California. I had it in California okay. when I was, like, two. And that's still at my house, but uh, my dog Vito, like, 
destroyed that too. But it's like still we keep it because that's been with me for a really long time. So when did you move here from California? When I was uh, three or four. Okay. Yeah, but originally that's where I got the Cali blood. Yeah. And now your last question. Okay. If you could sit down to dinner with anybody that are alive, who would it be? Why? That's such a broad question. This is like not a wheelhouse question. Oh, like I really hard. gotta think about well, this. Uh, uh, who's somebody that you'd love to sit down and pick their brain? That think about it that way. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't even. Even if it's like your celebrity crush that you want to take out on dinner, you can do yeah. that too. I would take out. This is like I can't even think straight right now. Um. Don't worry, the power of editing means that all of these awkward silences, I <laughs> right. can take those yeah. out. You can take them out, yeah, because this is taking me way too long to answer this question, and I know like people listening will be like, I got it right away, why is it taking so long? But I can't. It's tough when it's when yeah. you're when you're in the um, hot seat, it's not that's easy. Why, that's what it is, that rapid fire. I gotta know it. Oh, uh, jeez. Why can't I think right now? Let's say uh, President Obama or ex-President Obama. All right, former President Former Barack President Barack Obama. Obama. Go to dinner with me. All right. That would be cool. All right, Seems like a really nice guy. And, and Jake, can I take the bonus question? You take the bonus question. All right, bonus question. Who is the athletic director at Traverse City Central? Dave Matson. <laughs> no. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. There no, we go. Mark, Mark, Mark Matson. Shout out Mark Matson. What a guy. You got to meet Mark Matson. Ranger, it was an absolute pleasure oh. having you here in the office. Thank you so much for coming by, taking time out of your day. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you to Trevor City Central's Ranger Truco for coming in, talking to us about that uh, hilarious video of him asking people. Uh, it really is the best high school YouTube video I have ever come across. That could go on any late night comedy show, I am and I would laugh just as much. I am very happy that you brought it to my attention, so we were able to talk to him about that. But uh, yeah, uh, thanks, Ranger. Appreciate you coming on uh, again. Uh, part of the Traverse City United, the co-op lacrosse team between Traverse City Central and Traverse City West. Now, moving on, let's get into the Get Around Hall of Fame and induct another Athlete of the Week. As I said before, the most prestigious of all Hall of Fames in the entire universe. Jake Atnip, why don't you go ahead and give us your nomination for the Get Around Hall of Fame this week. I am going to nominate Natalie Bigley from Frankfurt Softball. Uh, she playing had some big league softball. That big league is yes. No, she she's big, playing like she's in the big leagues. Yeah, big league is big league. Yeah, no, she took uh, two wins from the circle last week. Um, had a complete game shutout in game two after uh, Tomaszewski threw that perfect game. So followed her up very very uh, nicely. But also that day um, hit two home runs against Misik. Has five on the season. She went four for five on the day and has put up a couple better uh, numbers this week. She's got ten Ks from the circle on the week. Uh, so I, I'm going to put up Bigley this week. Harrison. Uh, Stan in Benzie County, which I think might be a trend for the week. Uh, Lauren LaRosse with the Benzie Central Huskies uh, in the doubleheader against Boyne City, which is a great win for Benzie Central to have because Boyne City has been one of, one of the premier softball programs in the Lake Michigan Conference. For them to do that crossover match uh, 
uh, doubleheader, and for Benzie Central to look so impressive, Lauren in particular, uh, two hits in the first game, a home run, four RBI, and she pitched that one, so eight strikeouts. And in the second game, a grand slam. I believe the first game was 10-9. to nine. Um, and then the uh, grand slam in the second game, five RBI, and a little more impressive win, I believe, 12-4 to four, uh, in the second game of that doubleheader sweep, again, over a very impressive Boyne City program. So Lauren Ross, Rossi, as the girls and coaches call her, is my candidate. Jimmy James Cook. Yeah, we're going to stay in Benzie County. Three Benzonia. for three. Uh, yep, Olivia Matomaszewski, uh, as, as Jake mentioned, uh, threw that perfect game this week against Misik. Uh, it was a 10 nothing win. She was also two for three with three RBIs in that game, uh, which was also uh, Mike Thompson's 400th win uh, as a coach. She struck out seven in that, and then also turned around and hit a two-run homer uh, this week against Traverse City West. Let's put it up for a vote. Peeps, what do we got? Mr. Atnip, you are you're, you're, you're having trouble. You want to go with yours. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with Bigley. She took both the wins from the circle this week, not just one perfect game. I will also go with Natalie Bigley. I'm going to stick with Lauren because uh, at this point she's not going to win anyways, but I want to at least have one vote. <laughs> and uh, I think her numbers against a very impressive lineup uh, dictate being up here. And James. Well, I get a vote, though, right? Yeah, you so get I a get vote. Put, I, I'm going to vote for Lawrence. We got a tie. Oh. oh. We call Jan in, the photographer. Does he break this vote? I, I, I thought you said you didn't vote. Well, Brett, no, Brett is vote. off this week, so there's no way we're calling him. He no. has no idea what's going on. Yeah, and I can't, I'm not going to try to conference in another phone call. Uh, so Brett, will, Brett will just nominate Max Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe have Ranger trick out pick. <laughs> Um, okay, well, uh, let's let's try this again, guys. Um, my vote is for Olivia Tomaszewski now. I'm changing. <laughs> that's that's who I'm voting for. Well, Adnip, I, I, I guess with? I'm gonna stick with Bigley then. Okay, I'm staying with Lauren. Like I said, very impressive numbers. All right, and James. Yeah, I'll stick with Lauren Ross. All right, so congratulations to Benzie Central's Lauren Ross. I've yet to pick a winner in my seven, eight times in the show, so I'm going to take it in a little, drink it in a little in this experience here. Just so you know, nobody in this room agrees with you. Nobody in this room. <laughs> Not the two most senior sports authorities in northern Michigan, as Brendan calls us. Preeminent voices. Yeah. Why did you make fun of me for that? It's I'm paying you a compliment. No, I'm referencing it. But you're like, this is what Brendan said. I'm a humble guy. I don't want to claim that I'm a know-it-all history buff of northern Michigan sports. Check out I'm my resume. I'm not saying you're a know-it-all. I'm saying that you are uh, an authoritarian voice. Exactly. That's all. So in a slightly sarcastic delivery tone, I'm complimenting it by saying all that justification is now being rewarded in me finally getting an Athlete of the Week. Well, this this was about you. This Athlete of the, of the Week. And we'll find out if I'm never invited so, back if that was a problem. So congratulations to Harrison Beebe on picking Lauren Ross, <laughs> who is now a member of the Get Around Hall of Fame as our Athlete of the Week. Let's go ahead and wrap things up right now and put the cherry on top of this podcast Sunday and get into the hamfecta, which is my favorite my favorite thing because it does sound gross. This week's hamfecta category uh, in honor of Mother's Day, which was this past Sunday, uh, our best sports memory with our mother involved. I'll get things started since this was uh, you know, a category that I had brought up. I got two or three of them. Um, I mean, the first one, obviously, is my mom being at 
every single one of my sporting events whenever she could. Uh, she was always the the loudest voice uh, in the crowd uh, when I was up to bat, when I was running the bases. Um, she was uh, she was as supportive as you could get um, for for someone who wasn't exactly great at sports as I was. I mean, I was decent, but I you know I wasn't going to help a team be an athlete of the week. set any state record or anything like that or probably be an athlete of the week um, but uh, she was always there behind me 100 percent and I mean that's really all you can ask for uh, from a mom um, which getting a little teary-eyed here um, but uh, it you know she uh I, again, just the the support of a of a mom. Sometimes it's embarrassing when you're 13 or 14 years old, and she's still in the stands at your high school games and yelling as loud as she possibly can for me to run. And I'm like, Mom, I know I'm supposed to run the bases. I, I I've I've been playing this game, but I appreciate the uh, <laughs> the old attaboy. Um, uh, but also uh, another great moment was after the uh, 1993 Chicago Bulls uh, won their third straight NBA championship. Uh, she woke uh, myself and uh, my brother and, and sister up at uh, like four or five o'clock in the morning, and we went and we stood outside uh, in, in line for hours to go and get uh, Chicago Bulls championship merchandise. And I can still remember uh, picture perfect, clear. It was a beautiful, sunny uh, Chicago day, and I remember walking through the store and picking up a championship hat championship shirt, a championship mug, a championship doll, and her just... That you probably don't have any of them anymore. I have all of them still. Oh, good. Yeah. And uh, my mom not saying no, um, when she certainly could have been like, Brendan, that's enough. What um, was the championship doll? Was the, that like a Michael doll? Jordan No, it was a, doll? it was a Benny the Bull. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it was the Benny the Bull. Like a voodoo um, bull? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anti-voodoo bull? Yeah. Um, it was... Uh, yeah, it was it was really cool, and I just remember walking around that store and that in that line. You, you basically it was just a single file line that you walked through up and down each and every aisle, and uh, it was uh, it was a really cool moment and one that uh, you know, uh, well, mom, thank you, and uh, I, I love you for all the support and uh, you buying me stuff. I, I, st- <laughs> I still money. I still I still I still like it when you give me money, mom. So thanks for that. Yeah, I remember uh, actually the first very first professional sporting event i went to my mom and dad took me to uh the detroit tigers game when i was just a kid i mean uh i was under 10 you know and we didn't live near detroit or anything like that so going to detroit for something like that was kind of was a special thing going making that trip and we went to a detroit tigers game against your chicago white Sox, brendan they're so, and, they're so uh, good old this Tiger. season. Oh man these what nine wins yeah. and counting <laughs> they are i think they have the worst record in baseball that's awesome. Yeah, Worse than Cincinnati? Cincinnati's yeah. won five straight games. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Anyways, back to my Sorry, James. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no, I mean, we just went to a, it was my first professional sporting experience. Went to a you know, old Tiger Stadium, set, in the, uh, set out in the outfield, you know, probably got a sunburn, you know, got, you know, the old, got a hot dog and Cracker Jacks and all that, and and it was just cool. And, you know, and like when I was in high school, you know, my mom supported me and my dad supported me in, in sports, but they weren't like those overbearing parents that were like, you know, you have to do all this stuff. And, you know, they were just supportive. It was just like, you, you do what you, you know, we'll, we'll be there and you, and you do your thing, you know? And, and I always was messing probably with my mom's schedule because I was on the wrestling team in high school. So I was on a diet. 
So I was always messing up her meal plans and everything and just going, uh, no, I'm just going to have ramen. <laughs> and uh, Can you prep me some and, ramen, uh, Mom? Yeah. yeah, I just make my own ramen. Hey, Mom, you know, where's the ramen? I've messed her schedule up enough, you know, and everything like that. And then, and then even now, I, you know, I, you know, I talk to my mom on the phone. You know, I mean, she's, she doesn't get all that much into sports and everything, but when we're talking on the phone, she'll like make a serious effort to, you know, talk about Tiger Woods or, Hey, what are the lions doing? Or, you know, this, that, and, you know, and just, cause she knows I am into that stuff. So she wants to talk about that kind of stuff. It's just, uh, it's just always been a kind of a cool thing. So my mom, God bless her. When I, when I do my sports reports on seven and four, she will tell me I'm, I'm the best that's ever done that job. Whereas my dad's the opposite. You did this wrong. You did that wrong. Uh, you should probably correct that tomorrow, <laughs> which is good because you get a balance. You get some positive reinforcement and some negative reinforcement. But uh, the story I'm going to tell about my mom, even though she's not a big sports fan and she's definitely not a big fan of this, this is a, probably somewhat of an embarrassing story that even at the time in college I had to lie to my friends about what I was really doing. So April 1st, 2007, I was a sophomore in college. And at in Michigan State, and I had made plans, purchased two tickets. Well, my mom had purchased two tickets for us to go to WrestleMania at Ford Field. And at that time, I was not telling anybody that I was into pro wrestling. So at the time when my mom was picking me up, we were going to my grandpa's 80th birthday party in Grand Rapids. <laughs> I told everybody, yep, I'll be gone for the night. I'm going to be in Grand Rapids on my grandpa's birthday. Reality, we were at Ford Field watching WrestleMania 23. Uh, Donald Trump was there, our current president. He was in a match at the time. The main event was Shawn Michaels, John Cena, Batista Undertaker. If any of those names sound familiar to you, good for you. You're a loser like me. If not, then you're way cool, even better for you. But uh, my own mother swallowed a lot of pride and said, you know what, my boy wants to go. He's embarrassed to see if anybody else wants to go. And I reached out to her and said, hey, could we do this? And she's like, yeah, let's do it. Drove down from Traverse City, picked me up in Lansing. We went. I don't think she had the best time, but she knows I had a really good time, so I think that's all that mattered to her in the end. So thank you so much, Mom, if you ever listen to this. Uh, the story's public, so I'm screwed. And she is now <laughs> inducted into the Mother Hall of Fame for that because that is awesome. That's a great story, Harrison. I can see why none of your friends wanted to go to WrestleMania with you, though. Now they do. Now we're talking about going next year. So, Mom, if you want to I come. wanted to go this year. You I did. wanted to go New to New Orleans, Orleans this yeah. year. That never came to fruition, however. Jake, uh, your, your best story other than your mom uh, liking every single Traverse City uh, Record Eagle Facebook yeah, sports story, which is great because the more <laughs> likes we get, the better we are uh, at possibly selling ads. So oh, likes, shares, retweets, she's got you covered, I promise. And that's the thing. is, My mom is literally the most supportive person ever. It, it doesn't even have to be my work. If I'm a part of it, it's going to be on the top of her list, and that's something I can't even... Are you an only child? No, I'm the, I got an older brother. Um, I'm, I'm the youngest, too, and uh, he's just a couple years older than me. Uh, he does great back home, uh, right with my mom. He watches over here for me, which is nice. But that was the thing is, uh, growing up, just had my mom, and she did everything. She taught me how to throw a football. She taught me how to throw a baseball. She, she was my t-ball coach when I was four or five years old. Um, so she's the one who really got me into all this, and I was the first person who did sports in my entire generation of family. None of my cousins older than me, all the way ranging from you know 40 down to you know my age down here in the early 20s. Nobody played sports but me, so it was pretty unusual. But once I wanted to do it, she just she dove in 100, percent and that was more than I could have ever asked for. Um, 
she put me through anything and everything I ever wanted to do and said, if you, if you want to play, if you want to do this, we'll get you there. We'll do it. But, um, that, that's just the, that's just the one thing. Uh, she's, she's always told me that I was the best baseball player she'd ever seen. Oh, the best, best football player she'd ever seen. And of course I believed it for quite a while. Um, but that's good because it always gave me the confidence to do everything that I've always wanted to do. And thank you for that, Mom. But if we're going to go with the stories, um, actually a pretty good one. It was my ninth birthday, so March 7th, 2003. The dates are pivotal. Yes. If you remember the dates, it's a good story. Yes, March 7th, 2003. My mom, uh, she used to get tickets from her boss uh, for random Red Wings games, Tigers games, uh, with really good seats. And uh, these just happened to be three rows up next to the visiting bench, the first three seats next to the visitor's bench. So we were right on the ice, right next to the St. Louis Blues. The Red Wings played the St. Louis Blues. And we were sitting there pregame. My mom, was, my mom got her beer was like, we're at Joe Lewis. We're sitting down third row, you know, trying to, as loud and as obnoxious as she is, she's going to talk to everybody. She's going to make sure that the coach knows my name by the end of the time. We, had, <laughs> we brought a sign that said, hey, Wings, make my night. Jake Adnip is nine tonight. The best, but best thing was we were sitting there during pregame warm-ups, and I'm standing up trying to get all the players' attention and stuff like that, so they'd give me, give me a puck or do whatever, and uh, they're shooting around, and my mom bends down to grab her beer off the floor because, you know, Joe Lewis did not have any cup holders at all, which was the worst thing ever. My mom bent down to pick the cup up off her floor, and a hockey, pick, a hockey puck struck the back of her seat. Hit the, when she bent down and hit the back of her seat, so her teeth would have been gone had she been sitting there. So we always made the joke that beer saved her life. <laughs> and uh, I remember this vividly back when I was nine, and it was the most awesome game ever when she took us. She had the had uh, Mickey Redman, uh, yeah, Mickey Redman, Ken Daniels, say my name on the loudspeaker, um, do all the cool stuff. I got a bloody towel from a fight between Al McKinnis and Darren McCarty. I had some of the coolest experiences ever with my mom as a kid. So I, I definitely cannot tell her how much I appreciate that and how much it made me love sports and basically pushed me to do what I'm doing now so well moms are the best no doubt about that so we uh, appreciate everything that uh, our mothers have done for us and all the mothers out there continue to do for their children uh, sounds like we've got four pretty uh, lucky sons right here and uh, so a happy belated Mother's Day to all of the mothers out there especially uh, to Carol Queeley and Allison Atnip, Judy Beale, and Ann Cook. Four Hall of Fame mothers. Hall of Fame. Right Love there. you, Mom. All right, before we get out of here, let's go ahead and give away some cool stuff. Some free tickets, two free movie passes to the State and Bijou theater, Theaters. Those who retweeted or shared the podcast link on Twitter and Facebook last week were... Entered into the contest, unbeknownst to you, even if you had no idea that retweeting or sharing on Twitter and Facebook uh, entered you into the contest, you still have a chance to win. Mr. Atnip, do you want to do the honors? I would love to. You, do the honors you can hear pick, us mixing up here. Mixing it up, who it is. Jake Atnip is going to pick the winner Let's right see, now. Let's see, who is and, a lucky friend we'll, today? The winner. The winner. The first free movie passes to the State and Bijou Theaters is... Mackenzie Leach. At Kenzie Leach, I'm assuming this is our pitcher from Kalkaska. Uh, yes, at Kenzie underscore Leach 28. You are the winner, not only of several softball games this season, but you are also the winner of two free movie passes to the State and Bijou Theaters. So congratulations, Mackenzie. I think you're also in the Get Around Hall of Fame that already she is. as well. That she is. So you're just, uh, every, every, every day is a treasure for uh, Mackenzie Leach. It's almost a ham She needs one more. <laughs> 
So, uh, Mackenzie, uh, we'll tag you on Twitter and let you know how you can go ahead and pick these up. Uh, we'll probably just uh, mail them out to you in the next couple of days. So, congratulations, Mackenzie Leach. You win this week's uh, retweet and share contest. Again, we're going to keep doing this every single week, so if you want another chance to win two free passes to the State and Bijou Theaters, uh, retweet and share this podcast. The more you retweet, the more you share, the more chances you have to uh, to win two free passes. Yeah, to the tell State your mom, Bijou. tell your dad, t- tell your little sister to make a Twitter and retweet it. Yeah. You, know, you guys can take, go out on a date or something like that. Create dozens of Twitter accounts just to retweet the link but uh yeah please do that for a chance to win again Mackenzie Leach our winner this week uh that is going to go ahead and wrap up episode number 35 the big hurt that's what episode yeah. this is right here the big old hurt episode 35 of the get around podcast uh, been a good one so far uh, again I want to thank Ranger Truco from Trevor City Central for coming in here and sitting down with Jake and myself for a while it was an absolute pleasure uh, to talk to that young man uh, thanks to James for calling in from uh, South Haven uh, taking a little time out of his uh, short vacation to chat with us and of course thank you to Harrison Beebe of 7 and 4 we always love having that guy on the show and thank you to our Audible viewers each and every week for tuning in to the Get Around podcast. Check uh, back later this week. We will have the Boys Basketball All-Region Special where we will reveal the top five teams, including the Dream Team and the Player of the Year. And we'll have an interview with that player as well. Uh, I have been your host, Brendan Creeley. Thank you so much once again for listening to the Get Around podcast and enjoy the rest of the week. We'll see you next Tuesday.